sex talk. Derek Miley, cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sex just isn't good enough. No, sex talk with Derek Miley. Hello, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I am so glad to introduce you to one of my friends and colleagues. I'm just so happy that you're here, Heather. <laughs> I want to introduce you all to Heather Eslian. She is an LMHC, which is a licensed mental health counselor and gender specialist with a private practice in beautiful downtown Sarasota, Florida. Her specialty is working with the LGBTQ plus community. So I am so stoked that you are here with me today because we're going to talk some shop and try to not get down too many bunny trails because you and I <laughs> love to do that. So she's one of yes. my friends, folks. So I, I, I call, I call this one for all, all of the, uh, teasing out my thoughts and all <laughs> So, so glad you're here, Heather. Thank you for joining. Oh, well, you're so very welcome. And I'm super, super excited to be here, Erica. I love your podcast. I love what you're doing with your sex therapy practice. I, you know, we've been friends for a while now. And so we collaborate and we bounce ideas off each other. And it's just so good to have somebody like you in this community again or nearby. I know you're not in Sarasota, but you're close. And we have a Washington connection, which is wonderful because I'm from Seattle and you came down here from Olympia. So am I right? No. Spokane. Yeah. Olympia. Close enough. Sorry. Why did I say? No. I don't know why I said Olympia. Close enough. Close <laughs> enough. My brain isn't on today. The but anyway. Washington. Yes. <laughs> the state of Washington is our, is our home mama. So, so I, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. So I want to jump right in. So we both work with LGBTQ plus community. And I, I know that a, a lot of our clients, they will come into us because they don't, they don't know where to begin sometimes. And we'll probably touch on this later in the episode. I often get questions from people on how to be allies. So I want to kind of jump right into like, we should just start with 101, the basics. And, and I, I, know, I know you have some definitions for us so that we know where, where we're starting from. A lot of the work I do as a therapist is to provide psychoeducation for my clients, but more importantly for their loved ones, because they're the ones that really need it the most, obviously. So let's just start with the basics, because often I don't want to assume people know things that they don't. I think it's good to have building blocks and grounding, you know, what we're all talking about so we're on the same page. So transgender is basically, it's an adjective. And it's an umbrella term. We need to keep that in mind. It's an adjective to describe people. And we'll get into more of why language is important in a second. But it's an umbrella term which describes a huge range of folks whose gender identity does not conform to what is typically associated with their assigned sex at birth. So when we say assigned sex, the doctor you know, pulls the kid out. And generally speaking, in our society, they say, oh, they have a vagina, they are female. Oh, they have a penis, they are male. The truth is actually much grayer than that. And that is where we get into the gender spectrum, okay? Because the truth is, there are all kinds of potentiality for diversity within this community. And one of those pieces of diversity, one of those areas is the intersex community. And inter intersex folks are more common than people would, would like to imagine. They're between one and 2% of the population, actually as common as redheads. And me being a redhead, I like that statistic. You know, we're not as common as the average, but we are, we're out there, okay? So it's, it, it, the reality is that it's, a bin it's, it's not a binary. The reality is it's, it's a continuum, much like sexual orientation is now accepted as a continuum. It's not a point A to point B. There are many, many steps along the way. 
so with the trans community. So that's what I'll say about trans. What I'll say about cis is this. Cisgender, you'll often hear as a word that trans people use to describe folks who were assigned a, a gender and agree with that gender, meaning I, I'm a cisgendered female. So when I was born, I have a vagina. Doctors said I'm female. My brain and body agree with that. That is my experience on the planet. I am female. So that's my identity. I'm a cisgendered female. So that's kind of just a little trans 101 there just to get the ball rolling. Um, but I will say this. I am not a trans woman. And therefore, I want it to be really clear that the experiences I am talking about are that those experiences I have with other loved ones, other uh, people in my life who identify as trans, and most importantly, with my clients who I've had the experiences with over the last 10 plus years of researching the community, studying the community, you know, exploring this community and, and working with folks who are trans. So it's not my experience I'm explaining. It's, it's I'm trying to illuminate uh, for other people what their experience is. But I will say this, only they can do that in the best possible way because each person is an individual on this planet and each person has their own experience. So don't assume that all trans people are this or that or the other. We're all individuals. That's super Absolutely. important to remember. Okay. Yes. I think this is so important. And I think, and I'm so glad that you brought that to the forefront of this conversation that you and I both are not trans females. And we are not going to advertise ourselves as such that we understand this experience directly. We, we help people that have this experience and we work with the communities. Exactly. Have that context for this conversation. And we identify with the people in our lives, the family in our lives, the clients that we work with. So I, I, I think that's a wonderful place to begin. And we don't want to speak for them because the truth is this community is so marginalized and has so many people trying to speak for it and do it damage because of that. You know what I'm saying? So we really, I, I really want to tread lightly on that piece. So I think we've said enough there, but I just wanted to reiterate that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So as far as when a client comes into your office generally, or, or when somebody is on the beginning of this journey, what are some of those kind of first first questions they may have, or, or maybe even first questions an ally might have. The thing about gender therapy that makes it kind of unique is that folks are coming to me. It's a peculiar situation. So we have to remember, this is not a pathology, but it has been pathologized for so long. It was only taken out of the, out of the DSM in 2017. So gender identity disorder was what this was called for a very long time, and it was only removed in 2017. Now we call it gender dysphoria, which is improved on the pathologizing, but it's still problematic. Because the truth is, there's nothing wrong with these people, okay? And that is, I wanna hit that home with your audience. There is nothing wrong. There is no pathology here. There's no mental disorder. There's no mental disease. This is not a mental health issue in and of itself. It's a diversity issue. When it becomes a mental health issue, is because we live in a transphobic world, okay? We swim in these waters of transphobia, which means we've had so many pieces of misinformation lobbed at us, much like living in a racist society, right? And we, we all swim in these waters. So we have to acknowledge our privilege in that. And we have to acknowledge where those things brush up against each other. Because of that, because of the intense transphobia and homophobia we, we experience, and those, those are interrelated, but not the same thing. Because again, Sex and gender, two different things, two very distinct, different categories. And I want to really make that clear, too, because you're, this is a sex show. This is a show about, you know, 
your sex therapist. And these people, their sexuality is a completely different topic from their gender identity. And to simplify that, gender identity and sexuality. So sex, sexual orientation, that's who you go to bed with. Gender identity is you, who you go to bed as. So who you feel you are in your heart when you are having intimate relationship with somebody, that is your gender identity, okay? So those two things can be in any combination, any combination. Trans people can be gay, they can be bi, they can be pan, they can be asexual. There's a range of, of sexual orientations they can have and vice versa, and the same goes for sexuality. So I just want to really be clear on that. It's a little complicated, but if you separate them out in your brain, it makes for better understanding. There's a thing called the gender unicorn people might want to check out. The gender unicorn is wonderful, right? It has a wonderful, it's basically this, I will make sure it's in the show notes so that you folks can look at it because it is, it's a great, it's a great little image that has a wonderful cartoon and unicorn on it that is adorable, but also it's a visualization of this spectrum that we're talking about and how to kind of understand that each one of these things is separate and how we, how we understand them as people. Quick break from the action, folks. Ah, action. <laughs> I just want to tell you about my Patreon. Every week, I bring you guests and, seriously, lots of sex nerdery. <laughs> Help me keep doing that by becoming a supporter. What do you get in return? Cool perks. For real. I am going to be doing shout-outs, stickers, a bunch of stuff. So check it out at ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. That's E-R-I-K-A-M-I-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Patreon. I hope to see you and see more of you by becoming a Patreon. Thanks, guys. One of the things that's starting to happen is that people are beginning to understand that they, or they see it maybe in the media that they're, they're, it may not be is what we've been taught forever for a while. It is. I promise you culture. it's not what we've been taught. Exactly. It's and not. they're starting to, to ha have questions for themselves. They're starting to, un trying to understand how they experience the world in a different way. They seem to be better than most of us <laughs> at, at understanding that this experience is, is varied and that they're willing, much more willing to explore this than, completely. Uh, than completely. the adults of the world right now. <laughs> oh, completely. The millennials are going to save the planet, right? In so many ways. And, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't problems to their experience on this planet. We all have them, but in each generation has its pros and cons. But they get this stuff so intrinsically part and parcel to the fact that so many of us have gone before them. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I identify as a queer woman, a queer femme, and I, you know, certainly we didn't have these experiences of just knowing who we are. We weren't taught this in school. Nobody taught us gender identity. Nobody taught us sexual orientation. We stumbled along in the dark for years without the internet, without all this stuff that, so there's, it, it's, it's a different experience now. Kids, kids are born with this intrinsic knowing of the fact that they are fine just the way they are. Now what happens is adults and society decide that they're going to dismantle that for them, which is what happens to all of us. Right. And so, but th this leads into a really good place, which is because I see a lot of trans kids, young folks, as well as adults, the kids, the parents come in and it's, it's their, Oh my God, there's something, this is, this is, we got to figure this out. We got to fix this. We got to, okay. It's nothing needs to be fixed. You need to listen to your children. 
okay? Because they know exactly who they are. It's not really that they're in gender confusion. Their confusion comes from their dysphoria because we live in a transphobic world that does not allow them the freedom to be who they are unapologetically, yes. right? And I, I, and I would even double down on that. We live in a sex-phobic world. Oh, completely <laughs> sex-phobic world. Completely sex-phobic world. My God, our Puritan roots are showing at every angle, right? It's like, are you kidding? We're afraid of sex. We're afraid of pleasure. We're afraid of our bodies. We're, I mean, religion factors deeply into that. We, then we could go down many rabbit holes. You know yeah. that. Well, but I yes. Mean, I have clients. I have friends. I have family who come to me who say like, they may understand their identity, even if it is a, a trans person that they have walked their identity. They kind of understand, maybe they even understand that, but maybe they don't understand how they want to have sex or who they want to have sex with and feeling shame around that because of our culture and how our right. culture will limit sexuality generally for all of us, every single one. Totally, totally. The game is rigged. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the game has been rigged from the beginning for all of us. That's the reality, you know? That's the reality. So yes, exactly, exactly. So I guess that, that leads me, I know a roundabout way of saying from your first question is that when they come to me, especially kiddos, we'll start with kiddos, it's often about my family doesn't understand what is happening. They don't, I don't feel like I can come out to them. Sometimes it's just plain unsafe for me to come out to them because the, the reality of this population, we cannot underestimate this or overestimate this enough. They are a deeply marginalized community, possibly the most vulnerable community on the planet right now. I know that's like a lot to say, but, it's, but forgive me because their suicide rate is like, exponentially that of the cisgendered population or the heteronormative population. We're talking 41% was last quoted. I think it's higher than that because I'll tell you the truth. I don't think I've met a trans person that hasn't at one point contemplated, if not tried to act on suicidality. That is the reality. That And that is exactly what I'm talking about. It's not about confusion within themselves that they do that. It's because of a lack of acceptance, a fear of rejection. And the historical truth of this community is they have been rejected by their families, by their friends, by their jobs, by their communities. And then they have to make a Sophie's choice of, do I evolve into who I'm supposed to be? Do I do these things to make myself right in my head, in my body? Or do I, do I just please the people in my life? Do I just say, I'll just, I'll just tamper down my identity so that you can be okay with me? Because that's what happens. And that's what causes the discord and the pain and the depression and the self-harm and the suicidality. So we got to look at it from the inside out here, girl. This is not about, you know, their confusion. Okay. Absolutely. So, and I, I do have to say, I think we dated ourselves. You dated yourself with the Sophie's Choice reference. <laughs> 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 many, many of our audience are probably <laughs> may not. Like, that's true. That's true. That's true. I know. I date myself all the time. My clients look at me like I'm the oldest person on the planet. I'm like, please, I'm only 48, okay? They'll say, well, you know, that teacher was really old. How old was she? She's 34. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> 34. Okay. These kids, they kill me. But anyway, yes, I dated myself with that reference. I'll do it again. But it's so important because it that's is. the truth of their experience. So how can you address that in someone? What's the best way? You, you, you meet them where they are. You normalize the hell out of their experience. You meet them with empathy and an open heart. And you say, you're safe here. This is where you can be whoever you are. If you can't dress at home, guess what? There's a bathroom 
that there's two bathrooms in my office and you can go in them and you can bring your clothes in and you can change there. You can bring your makeup there if they're trans feminine and, and they wear makeup, which is not everybody. This is your place to just breathe. You can breathe. And that's something that you don't always have to offer to heteronormative clients because they're used to their privilege. And these folks don't have that. So that's square one. That's where we start with them. But beyond that, it's often more about psycho psychoeducation for their family members, their friends, the people in their community, doing these trainings for schools and churches that I do sometimes around, really, you don't have to be afraid of this, okay? Here's what it really is. It's not what you think it is, okay? So the, the, just the basics of that are super important. And I forget that sometimes in my need to like, I want to help them and move them along. And it's like, sometimes they just, Oh my God, this is enough just to come see you for an hour, Heather, and just have this, this is enough to just have a dialogue and know that, hey, I'm going to use the proper terms and I'm going to uh, respect them and address them correctly. And oh my God, that's huge. And it, it's sad to me that it's huge, but it's true. Yeah. So let's touch on that a little bit. I think that that might be helpful for folks on how to be an ally. I think this is a really important thing. I have, I have this question from my listeners actually quite often, like, how do I want to be an ally? How do I do it? How do I, how do I even begin? And I think pronouns might be a good place for us to start. Pronouns are huge. So so the thing about pronouns are, I mean, just, I always turn it on this is person. I say, look, if you're in a store, if I'm in a store, I identify as female and someone is repeatedly calling me sir or he, or, you know, dude, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? I'm clearly female, right? Like, I mean, uh, you know, I would be confused by that and probably a little hurt. And well, do I look masculine today? What's going on? Do I, do I, did I, did I not do it? You know, like whatever. I mean, that's simplifying, but basically respect is the bottom line with pronouns. If someone tells you those are the pronouns they want to be identified as, those it's not even their preferred pronouns. That is their pronoun. So you just, what's the easiest thing to do? You respect them. And look, it's with family members. It's hard. I get it. Look, a mother gives birth to a child. She puts a lot of hopes and identity into that child, and she has all these dreams and then the child turns out to be trans. So she has a she has an assigned female birth child, and the child says at 13, I'm I'm a boy. I've always felt like I was a boy. Okay. That's a lot to deal with. There's grief and loss there sometimes. Often there's a lot to deal with. And, and again, perfection is not the goal, it's the intention. So if you misgender someone accidentally, you say, I'm sorry, you correct yourself and you move on. That's all. You don't you don't spend a lot of time on it. You don't because they don't need that. But if you do it deliberately, and people do it deliberately in this society all the time, it's painful. It takes a piece of their heart and chips it right out. And think about going through your whole life and every day, all these people are going to constantly misgender you, whether it's on purpose or on accident. After a while, that takes a damn toll on your body and your psyche and your sense of self. And it's very hard. It's a, it's, it's a courage thing. And, it, and it, it takes a lot of courage to be an out trans person in this society. It, it, even today. And, and some would argue it's better than it was. Sure. It's not the dark ages anymore. But the truth is we're in a really crazy place with our, I mean, I won't get into politics here because that's not the place, but let's face it. Things are a little scary right now. So I just want to say like, as an ally, think about empathy, think about compassion that you would want to have anyone treat you with and then treat them the same. So ask if it's appropriate, you can ask, you can say, excuse me, what are your pronouns? And people think that's weird or strange. No, because they'll tell you. They'll tell you. 
And, you know, you, you feel out the situation. You don't want to call somebody out. You don't want to assume they're trans when they're not. I mean, there's some nuance to this. But basically, ask them. One-on-one, ask them. And just say, I don't want to screw this up. And if I do, I'm sorry. And that's all there is. Apology is huge. True apology doesn't exist in this culture. It's like we're so afraid of, of saying we're sorry. But uh, I'm sorry can clear up a multitude of things, can it? It really is a bomb, a healing bomb. So anyway. And even just the, the permission asking, I think is a really, really good. I'll give you an example. Like I will often do this in session and I'll do this in session just based on some of the cultural norms I personally have. I was born and raised in California. Dude is ungendered to me. (laughs) So I always say to my, I ask my clients who do have pronoun preferences. I say, Hey, is this okay? Because this is a cultural thing for me, but I don't want to like put my culture onto you if this makes you feel uncomfortable. And so I'm like, Hey, is dude okay with you? Because dude means uh, like dude, every person. Like chill, super dude, right? Everybody's a dude or a bro or whatever. Yeah, agreed. And and it's all based on our culture. But also th- think about the language we use when we're, we're out to lunch with someone or out to dinner. The servers will often say, here in the South, I find this particularly interesting, is the word I'm going to use because I don't come from the South, is they'll say, how are you ladies doing today? And I'll be out with a transmasculine individual who doesn't identify as a lady or a ma'am and instantly there's awkwardness and weirdness and oh boy you know and I can see it on their face if they would just say how are you folks doing today how are you humans doing today how are you people doing today how is everyone how are y'all doing today there's so many ways to say it we don't have to gender it exactly I've adopted well can you tell I've adopted my to my home culture here my new my new home but truly it's it's so it's not that hard to break free of the gendered binary language that we use all the time you know we think about it you, you walk into a hey guys how are you doing well those people aren't all guys and like it doesn't offend me personally I get it but also I want people to start thinking about this stuff because it's important why would you want to just deliberately offend people. I think most people don't want to do that. They have good hearts. They want to do the right thing. They want to be respected and to respect others. So this is a place you can start. Get online. Look at allyship. Look at what that really means to be an ally. If you're white, if you're privileged in other ways, right? If you're, if you're, you're cisgendered, look at what it means to be an ally and how to unpack some of that privilege. And there's great articles. I can send you those afterwards if you want to put those on. But I just, it's important to really dig deep and look at this stuff because we're, the world is changing and the train is moving. We're, we're creating a new earth here. There's a, a shift in the air. We're going, going to Aquarian age. Things are changing. It's time to get on the train and learn these things. It's mm-hmm. time to do that. Yes. I think it's really important because sometimes I, I have heard people say like, oh, well, why would that person get special treatment? <laughs> and as, as someone who identifies as a woman, like it's not that I want special treatment. I just, I just want what everybody deserves. And that's- You awful. want equal treatment, girl. Equal treatment is not special treatment. This is a culture that has not had any equality so you can't you can't talk about special when they never had they've never been sitting at the table they didn't get invited to the dinner party okay the adults have been at the at the big table (laughs) they've been at a different table apples and oranges here apples and oranges not special treatment we're talking about a population that has so much discrimination employment housing medical discrimination military hello let's talk the policies going on right now bathrooms their very existence is up for debate 
their bodies are basically put on display and they're, they're basically dehumanized all the time. How is that? How is giving them the basic proper respect special treatment? It is not. I just want to touch on the bathroom thing. I do not have any idea. I, I only can imagine the issue that trans folks face when they have to deal with a bathroom. As a woman, I want more just so everybody can use the bathroom so I don't have to stand in the damn line. That is bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Everybody should have equal opportunity, access to a damn bathroom, especially when there's one toilet in <laughs> Exactly. It's ridiculous. Well, think about your homes, everyone. Did you growing up have a boy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom in your home? No, because people go to bathrooms to do their business and then they get out of the bathroom. That's what it is. It's a private affair for those two or three minutes you're in there and then you're out. Okay. So that's trans people too. They're just going to the bathroom like everyone else. Okay. The reality of the bathroom situation is that it's far more dangerous for them to go use a bathroom when their gender identity is in question than it is for any cisgender person to be in fear of anything a trans person is going to do to them. Nothing has ever happened in a bathroom with a trans person that is what people think it is. It's not, they're not pedophiles. They're not in their your children, they're into there, go to the damn bathroom, okay? And the reality is they're dragged out of bathrooms, they're beaten up in bathrooms, they're, they're pulled out by cops because people will say, well, this person doesn't belong in this bathroom. Are you in there going to the bathroom with them? Are you, like, what does it matter what they're going to the bathroom with? They're peeing, okay? Let them pee in peace. We all have waste. We all, exactly. We all have human waste. This is, this is what, you know, levels us all, right? We all have to go to the bathroom. So here's the thing. It's nobody's goddamn business what the person in the stall next to you is doing. They're going to the bathroom, okay? End of story. This is a bunch of nonsense for no reason. Yes. I agree. I agree. And you and I could go and we would be hot. Like, we could just <laughs> get hot about this. this well, I am hot. Can you tell? I'm passionate, girl. I've got some fire sign in me. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so... As far as how people find you in the world, I think it's important because I wish there was, and there's more coming, there's more of us therapists out here being trained in gender studies and, and more people who are interested in, in working with, with these populations. So how do clients find you? How do maybe other clinicians find you who are interested in learning more about working and being a gender specialist? So right. please tell them how to find you. I have in the past done consult, consult education programs, you know, to, for individuals. I mean, I just do it very loosely with all my peeps here, you know, who are in my, my little, like you and, and some of our peeps in our little case consult, but there are places you can go to learn this. And I can explain more about that. I purposely went on, I, I did a program for myself where I went to grad school with this very intention to work with the LGBT, to work with the queer community, to work with my community. But then it became very clear I needed to work with the trans community because of all the reasons I've just explained. So for me, I did this myself. I did all the research. I read all the stuff. I keep myself up to date. I'm a WPATH member. This is my passion. This is my calling, if you will. For other people, I think it can be a wonderful way to expound their experience, especially sex therapists. They really need to know this stuff because the reality is it's all part of the same thing. So you're going to leave a link to my Psychology Today page, which gives you the information, my contact information, my email. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me, phone or email. I don't have a website at this moment because I'm in the middle of making one because I, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And I also, there's other areas I have of interest as well. And I'm trying to piece all those things together. So until I get on, on the stick with that, and I'm a little bit of a, you know, I'm a little bit of a, 
a phobic person when it comes to social media. I'm not the greatest at that stuff. So that's why. But she will provide you the links to contact me with. Awesome. I will make sure it's all in the show notes. Thank you, Heather. You rock. And this is not the only time you're going to be here. She, we're going to do more episodes together because Heather has a lot to offer the world. And I want to put it, I want to put her on the stage to do it. So thank you, woman. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely. And thank you folks for listening and listening all the way to the end. Don't forget if you want to know more, jump on my website, ericamiley.com. And you can also find the Patreon information, all the things, all the things are all there. So thank you again, Heather. And we will all see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. That helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the Gram, and Twitter. See you all next time.